0: Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're so glad you're listening with us today. Today we're beginning a new series called God Strong. In this series, we're going to discover how to become spiritually stronger by developing some practical skills meant to help us grow deeper in our walk with God. Before we begin today, I also want to let you know that Erie First Assembly is regathering. We have resumed our in-person services at Erie First with new service times of 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., as well as a live stream of the 11 a.m. service on Facebook and on YouTube. You can find out more about the procedures we are using at Erie First by visiting eriefirst.org. We'd love to see you in person if you're in the Erie PA area this weekend. Okay, let's get started on our new series. Here's Pastor Nicole.
1: Three months ago... Uh, on Thursday, it was March 12th, I went to lunch with a friend at Max and Irma's. And boy, do I miss that soup, let me tell you. And I talked to her about how I was so torn and angsty Uh, About what I was going to do for the coming Sunday. It was in a few short days, and uh, rumors of COVID were starting to rumble. Other churches in the area were starting to decide if they were going to open or close. And I wanted to make the wisest and the safest decision for us all. And so I remember feeling just so angsty about that. And we ended up canceling service that weekend, and I was so conflicted um, because. Rain, snow, sleet, or shine, nothing stops us from meeting together. We're like the postal service, you know? Uh, We get here, right? There's eight feet of snow outside. You guys still get here, and we worship together. And so I I was feeling so conflicted. And if you would have told me on that day uh, at lunch that this would just be the first of three months of Sundays that we were then going to have to uh, go to just an online service, I would have never believed you. I would have never believed you and as we have all experienced um, the closures and the restrictions just kept coming and here we are and it's June and what happened but hey we are finally together I almost uh, named this sermon finally because I'm just so happy to actually be together I would have never guessed it would have been this long now as we gather together again um, I found myself and probably most of us have found ourselves looking uh, to get back to normal You know, try to get back into our routines and our habits, coming to church together, uh, maybe getting back to work or getting back to see family and friends. We want to kind of settle back into our routine. But what the Lord has challenged me with and what I want to challenge you with this morning, what I want to challenge my church family with, is that we're not going to go back. We're going to go forward, all right? We're going to go into whatever God wants us to do. Uh, we're not going to go back to how things were. We're not going to go back to what it was like before COVID. We're going to go forward into the new future, the thing that God wants us to be and God wants us to do. And in some ways, I believe that could look very different or it could look much more genuine. We're going to move ahead into all that God wants for our church. We are living in a very unique moment in history, and it is producing a very unique thing. And I want to run into this season with joy and anticipation and hope and faith and expectation. And in my notes, you clapped. So I'm just so happy you actually did it in real life. It was just so good. When Jason films me, he doesn't clap at me very much. So I'm appreciating this moment of time with real people. Uh, COVID really hit us like a freight train. I don't know about you, but I really didn't see it coming to the capacity that it did. Um, But if somehow... I would have known that this would be what 2020 would feel like, or this would be what 2020 would dish out. I would have preached a special series uh, before the shutdown. It, so, if I had a chance, if I could rewind time, uh, this is the series that I would have preached. This is the series that I would have equipped you with. And this series is called God Strong. It's called God Strong. So today when you came in, uh, you got this bracelet, or if you didn't get it, you can get one on the way out. And this is just a simple reminder of the series that we're about to go into. It's a simple reminder of um, the series that hopefully you'll wear it or put it in your car or somewhere that it will remind you that this is what we're talking about at church all week long. But what God Strong is all about is about growing spiritually strong. It's about knowing how to feed your spirit, even if you can't do all the normal things you would do, even if you can't get here to church, even if you can't have that Bible study maybe in someone's living room that you were having. It's it's my prayer is that we would never experience anything like this global pandemic again. Any amens out there? Like, I don't want to do this again. Once in a lifetime is enough. But if in the future, for some reason... We cannot meet in this building, or we cannot have Bible studies in our homes. I want to prepare you to be God strong. Your faith does not have to suffer, even though things maybe look a little different. And so let's read from Ephesians 3, 16 through 17. It says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And keep you strong. That's the verse that inspired the, the uh, title of this these series of messages. So have you ever chopped down a tree and looked inside of it? And you'll see something called growth rings. I think I have a photo here to show you. Uh, if you ever look inside of a tree like that, uh, every tree every tree with its growth ring, it's getting stronger. Okay, so with every growth cycle, a tree becomes more steady, more stable, more mature. So what would it look like if you took your spiritual life somehow and cut it like a log? If you were looking into your spiritual life, what would it look like? Where? How would you measure how your spiritual growth rings look like it? Would there be a pattern of growth? What about, um, would there be an evidence of a new layer of growth in the last three months? Would there be another layer of growth or would there be a bit of a stunt? If you could actually measure it, how would you look as you look at your spiritual growth? Well, over the weeks of this series, what I would like to do is look at spiritual disciplines that we can incorporate into our lives to produce spiritual growth, to make another ring around the tree of your spiritual life, if you will. These are spiritual disciplines that will help us grow spiritually. Now, when I say spiritual disciplines, this is what I mean. Some of you are like, ooh, that discipline word, not my favorite. But this is what I mean. Regular practices that benefit our spiritual life and produce fruit. These are regular practices that benefit our spiritual life and produce fruit. Spiritual disciplines, they're similar to an exercise plan or a diet plan. Now, if that has like a negative connotation, then take that one off the table. But if you, if you like having those plans, this is what it is. But it's for your spirit. It's doing things that fill your soul. Spiritual disciplines are practical ways where we obey the command of 1 Timothy 4, 7 that says, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales, which is pretty much all of Facebook, but instead, (laughs) train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. That word train is actually from the word gymnazo, which is where we get the word gymnasium, which is exercising, training, right, disciplining yourself. Now, the scripture also says physical training has value. It definitely has value, but spiritual training Results in godliness. Spiritual training is eternal, and spiritual training will help us be more holy or be more Christ like. Okay, so a few important thoughts about spiritual disciplines. Before I jump into the first one we're gonna talk about today is this spiritual disciplines are something we do, not something we are. So, disciplines, they aren't character qualities or the fruit of the Spirit. Um, For example, prayer is a spiritual discipline, but joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So you can pray and get joy, but joy is something that is produced by spiritual disciplines. Disciplines produce fruit, okay? So spiritual disciplines are something we do, not something we are. Number two, a person is not automatically godly because he or she practices spiritual disciplines, it's not automatically godly. So sometimes there is this error in the Pharisees in the scripture. For although they prayed, they memorized scripture, they fasted, they practiced other disciplines, Jesus pointed to them as the epitome of ungodly. He says, no, actually, these guys are doing all these things, but they're ungodly. Godliness is the result of God's spirit changing us, transforming us into Christ-likeness through the means of the disciplines. Now, without faith or right motives, the disciplines can be dead and pointless habits. And so if you are just reading your Bible to read your Bible, not because you love the Spirit of God, then that's not even necessarily helpful. We're not necessarily more godly because we engage in biblical principles. Instead, these biblical principles should be the means that result in true godliness and intimacy with Christ. It would be easy to look at a spiritual discipline as the end goal and be like, okay, I'm doing really good at checking all these boxes. But if we're not doing it uh, to, because we love God, then those boxes that are being checked aren't actually producing any kind of change or any kind of fruit. Okay? So I'm not here to tell you. Let me give you a list of things that you should do every day. What I'm here to tell you is if you love God and you want to know him better and you want to be spiritually strong, he has given us some practical, helpful tools. How many of you love a practical God? Like, thank you, God, that you've given us practical, helpful tools that faith doesn't have to be uh, this far out thing that we don't know how to attain. He's given us actually tools to be able to do that. Richard Foster is an author who wrote a great book on spiritual disciplines. He said this, God has given us the disciplines of the spiritual life as a means of receiving his grace. The disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. So transforming us is the goal. Spiritual disciplines is the means. Spiritual disciplines helps us get there, but transformation is the goal. Okay, the third one, and this is really important. So uh, performing spiritual disciplines don't earn God's love. Performing spiritual disciplines don't earn God's love. As I talk through this series for the next several weeks, this is so important for us to understand. Let me tell you about God's love. It's unconditional. It's not based on any kind of checklist. It's not measured by success. In fact, God loves you every day you succeed, and God loves you every day that you fail. It is not measured on performance. It is a gift. And so whether you never engage in a spiritual discipline ever in your life, God will love you. God will not love you more if you're fasting and tithing. God will not love you less if you miss a few days of Bible reading or faith sharing. That's not how it works. Nothing can earn God's love or get God to like you more. God loves you. His love is unconditional. These are just disciplines that help us get closer to the God that we love. So the first spiritual discipline that's gonna make us God strong, the one I wanna spend time Uh, talking about today is our bible intake okay the knowledge of the word of god so that's what we're going to focus our time on today um there are two forces in the world that will shape our thinking okay there are two forces in the world that will shape our thinking and it's not democrats and republicans oh that was like right (laughs) thank you all right there you go this comes in psalm one all right psalm one it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. So this is what Psalm 1 tells us. We can either follow the counsel and the voice of the world, or we can follow the counsel and the voice of God's word. We get to choose every day, every social media post, every news story, every conversation we have. We can believe the world Or the word. The world or the word. And honestly, the one we believe the most, that voice shapes our thoughts. We can believe the world or the word. And Psalm 1 says, if we let the word shape our thoughts, Psalm 1 says, we will be blessed. And then in Psalm 1 verse 3, it actually describes what blessed looks like. Let's look at it together. It says, that person is like a tree. Planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. So, what we learn from this psalm about the word of God is that when we delight in God's word, when we meditate on it, when we engage in the spiritual discipline, some very distinct things happen. First, God's word makes us fruitful. God's word makes us fruitful. Fruitful people are refreshing. They're nourishing to be around. You go away from them feeling strengthened and and maybe awakened to something new, spiritual. Their words are healing and convicting and encouraging. Think of that person in your life. That's a fruitful person. And when we are fruitful, we demonstrate the fruit of the spirit listed in Galatians. We have more hope. I'm sorry. We have more kindness. Hope isn't a spiritual gift. Uh, But we'll go there. More kindness, more faithfulness. You guys got it. More love, more self-control, okay? Our lives are more full of purpose. Our lives are more full of results. If you want to have a fruitful and result-filled life, you are grounded in God's word. Secondly, God's word makes us durable. Psalm 1-3 says, delighting in the word of God meditating on it day and night creates a leaf that doesn't wither. So, like, the hot winds are blowing, and the rain is falling, and all the other trees might be dying, but in spite of the harsh elements, your leaf remains green because you delight in the word of God. Your joy, your contentedness, your faith is durable. It's deep. It does not depend on which way the wind is blowing or the circumstances surrounding you. This leaf gets us life from an absolutely changeless source, God in his word. In this pandemic, we are all facing some very real unknowns. Still, things are just starting uh, to open again. And the future is foggy as we try to plan ahead in many ways. And most of the situations that we face, most of the stresses that I think we deal with are mostly out of our control. There are things that, that we actually can't deal with. There are rules that we don't actually get to make. We just have to live under. But let me tell you, the way you can be durable The way you can be stable through all of this uncertainty is to stock your heart with the word of God, is to stock your heart with the word of God. You will find hope, not by seeking the things the world seeks, but by delighting in the word of God and meditating on it day and night. And when we spend more time in the truth, the other voices and opinions will grow smaller and God's voice will grow larger in our life and in our heart. When we spend more time in the word, the voices of the world will go down. When we spend more time in the world, the voices of the world will go up. So if you find yourself struggling with fear, as Alicia shared, or worry or doubt, spend time in the word. Because that just means the voices of the world have just overpowered that a little bit. And you need to spend time in the word so you can hear what the word says about those things and not what the world says. So another really important result of meditating on God's word and delighting in it is this is how we get to know God better. This is the vehicle of which God created and made for us to know him better. God's word transforms us, and God's word changes us. I love this verse in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's just look at it piece by piece. All scripture is God breathed. That means it comes from God. It's God revealing himself to us. Uh, it's useful for teaching, teaching us how to live an abundant life that God has called us to live. It's helpful for reproof and correction. That means teaching us right from wrong, uh, showing us where is our sin and where is our error. And instead of trying to use culture or just personal preference as a compass, the word of God is written for us to know right and wrong. It's written for us to be guided in that. It's also used to be trained, to be training in righteousness, which means to grow and mature in our relationship with God, being transformed more and more into the image of Christ. It's full of things. The word of God is full of things to make us God strong, to make us God strong. But let me tell you a little secret. The only way that this book can be profitable for teaching or reproof or correction or training in righteousness is if you read it. The only way that this book can do all the things in your life and do all the things in your heart is if you get it inside of you. It works. It changes us. It makes us more fruitful. It makes us more durable. It makes us more intimate with the Lord, but only if we consume it. Only if we consume it. Psalm 19 uh, also talks about loving the word of God. I want to read Psalm 19, 7 through 10 to you. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. I love verse 10. David is writing that, and he's saying, they're sweet, they're precious. I desire, I value God's word. The Bible is God's word, And if we are in love with God, then his word is precious to us. I liken it to to this. Uh, Last summer, my oldest daughter, uh, Cecily, went to summer camp for a few days, and she wrote me a letter. And I eagerly awaited this letter, and I read it, and I reread it, and I put it on the fridge. And you might be like, Pastor Nicole, what did it say? Well, it just said, Mom, I miss you. I forgot my jean shorts. Please bring them. I mean, that's pretty much what it said. There was nothing earth shattering. There was nothing, uh, you know, amazing about this letter. But I loved this letter. I loved these words from Cecily because I love my daughter more than my own life. And her words are precious to me. Her words are important to me. Her, Her words are sweet to me, sweet like honey. And this is what David is describing. He loves the Word of God because he loves God. So, how do you feel about the Bible? Can you say the same thing? Do you find God's word precious and sweet like honey because you value your relationship with him that much? Do you put it on your refrigerator and in your car and all the places that you go because you love the author of the Bible? You love the, word, the, the person who wrote the words. So for just a few minutes here as we close, we talked about why Um, the Word of God is so vital to our spiritual growth, I want to just give you a real practical tool of five things to do of how, okay? How to read God's Word. They all start with the letter R in hopes that you think I'm clever and they're easy to remember, okay? So they all start with the letter R. There's five things that I want to give you today, really practical things. This series is going to be really practical. The first thing is this. Maybe you're here today and you've not read the Bible very much and you need to start. Here's my encouragement to you. Start small. Try to make intaking God's word a habit. Okay, start somewhere. You might feel intimidated by it, but start somewhere. So here they are. Number First one, read, read. Let me tell you, it would be better for you to read the Bible five minutes a day than to read it once a month for an hour. It's not like Netflix, okay? Binging is not, what it, that, that's not helpful. Read it at least five minutes a day. A daily intake of the scripture is really, really valuable. So if you say, I don't feel like I have a lot of time, then, but, so I just try to catch up once in a while, start by saying just five minutes a day even, because having that daily intake is essential for our spiritual growth. Get a plan you can follow to read each day. Get a version you understand. Uh, Get a translation that's easy to read. Some of you say, I don't like to read. You know what? Good news, the Bible's on audio. You don't like to listen, the Bible's on video. At this point in our culture, we've got it all, okay? Come here, I'll read it to you. All right, so just make sure that you're getting it, however that sounds, however that looks, every single day. Second, reflect. Now, the tendency of our busy lives is to kind of read it we, we close the book and we run out the door to do the next thing. But here's the thing, just reading and not reflecting or meditating will seldom give us the encounter with the Holy Spirit that we need. Reading is like exposing yourself to scripture, but meditation or reflection is like absorbing it. It's like getting it inside of you. So chew on it, think about it, roll it over in your minds. That's why I would encourage you That if you're uh, trying to get a habit in your life, just maybe start with a verse or two so that you can really think about it and really let it soak in and change you. Number three, remember. Bible memorization is super powerful. Let me tell you why. If you hide it in your heart, no one can ever take it from you. No one can ever take it from you. And you will have it when you need it. When your mind begins to have fears and doubts and failures, the word of God's already in there to combat that. It's in there. It's inside of you. 1 Peter 3 says, always be prepared to give an answer about the hope that you have. When you memorize the word of God, he will prompt you to use it in certain situations. He He will put you in a situation where you can then bring up a scripture, Maybe you're praying right now, God, use me, use me. Hide the word of God in your heart and he will use you because he will put you in a situation where the word of God is so applicable that you're just gonna spit it out and then you're gonna be prepared for it. You know, some people think it's too hard to memorize, memorize the word. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm up in age, I can't memorize anything or I have all this other schoolwork I'm working on, I have to work on that. But let me tell you, you'd be amazed at the things your brain knows right now. You'd be amazed at the things you've memorized. In fact, it might even be a little embarrassing that you know every word to some 80s music, your high school girlfriend's phone number, and the sports stats for most of your favorite NFL players. right? But no scripture. (laughs) So we can memorize things. Don't, Don't sell yourself short. It's just what you decide to memorize. Here's a simple way to get started. Write one scripture on a three by five card, Read it two or three times every morning until you know it. It, What if you could memorize one scripture a month? By the end of the year, you'd have 12 scriptures hidden in your heart. We got to take steps, take small steps. Number four, recount. Share what you're learning about God's word with someone in your life. How many of you know that when you tell others, when you teach others what you learn, you get it even deeper inside of you? So many times during the week, what I've studied in the scripture, God smacks me in the face with. Anybody else? I'm telling somebody, I'm teaching them about it, and God's going, are you listening to yourself? Because when you're telling this person not to worry, are you worrying? When we teach something, God does that inside of us. So I would encourage you, whatever you're reading, maybe find someone in your life that you can say, a couple times a week I want to call you and I just want to tell you what I'm reading about. I'm just going to tell you about it. Because recounting it, retelling it, gets us deeper in the word of God. And here's the last one, and arguably the most important, is respond. As you read God's word, Always think of the application. What does this beckon me to do? What is my response? What do I need to change? What's the action step that God is calling me to? James 1.22 reminds us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. So for today's message, um, some of you, I had hoped that today's message would, would maybe Birth a Bible reading routine in you. Maybe you don't have one, or maybe uh, you used to and you kind of gotten away from it as your family grew, or as you started working, or maybe just COVID has made everything a little bit upside down. And my prayer for you today is that this would jumpstart it. This would remind you: Yes, I want to be fruitful. I want to. I want to walk in God's precepts. I want to know Him. I want to be intimate with Him. I'm going to do this again. Now, for others of you who are here this morning, maybe you've been a believer for a while. And Bible reading is a part of your routine, and you're thinking, "Okay, Pastor Nicole, that's this is a good review. I got this one on lock." All right, James one twenty two speaks this powerful, convicting, mic drop kind of moment. Uh, for those of you that would say, "Yeah, I have this spiritual discipline handled," and James one twenty two says, we have to ask ourselves this question. Are we educated beyond our obedience? Are we educated beyond our obedience? And here's what that means. Maybe you read the word of God a lot, but you if you have not applied and responded and are doing all the parts of the word of God that you know, the scripture says you are merely listening and you are so deceiving yourself. So here's my question for those of you that maybe have a Bible reading plan each day. What parts of the word of God do you know but you're not responding to? The scripture says that knowledge puffs up but love builds up. First Corinthians 8.1. The word of God is about how we are changed by and for the one who loves us. So there's a challenge today for us all in this message. No matter where we are on our spiritual journey, wherever you are in your Bible intake, go deeper, push a little further. This will make us unshakable. This will make us immovable. This will make us people God strong in Jesus that no matter what comes our way, the storms or the hot rains or the winds, that our leaf will not wither. Charles Spurgeon said this, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. So this week, when you're wearing your God's Strong bracelet, I want to remind you to read, reflect, remember, recount, and respond to God's word. Let me pray for us. Would you stand? I'm gonna pray through Colossians 1, verses nine through 18 this morning. Father God, we come to you. We thank you. Lord God, that, that you continually will fill us with the knowledge of your will through all the wisdom and understanding that you give I pray, Father God, that we would know you, that we could live a life worthy of you and please you in every way. Jesus, I pray we could bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, that we could be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might so that we would have great endurance and great patience and great durability and great stability. Lord, we give you joyful thanks because you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of your holy people in the kingdom of light. And Lord, you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and you brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we trust you. We want to be God-strong, unshakable, immovable. Lord, would you help us as we read your word, make it priority in our lives today. And it's in your strong name I pray, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Erie First podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.